0: Ahoy, Buck fans. Are you looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now. Let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, Peter Blake
1: guaranteed we'd have one, so here you have it. We are week two of the preseason, no quarter given podcast. Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to 0-1, falling 27-17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers in Raymond James Stadium last Friday night. Peter Blake, welcome in, sir.
2: Yes, sir. It's just preseason. It's just preseason. That's all I heard all night long. You're exactly right. It's preseason football. Plenty of mistakes. Plenty of things to talk about here on the No Quarter Given podcast. And absolutely, I guarantee it. I want to talk box football. That's what we do here.
1: That's right. That's right. It's a lot more. We Thank God we're not talking to Rays because they got a lot, lot of stuff going on in the Rays side of the, uh, of the of St. Petersburg with all that stuff, huh?
2: Oh, my gosh. People being offended by it. Uh, all the issues that are going on right now. All the injuries. I mean, can we get like just some normal stuff? Uh, like I'll take a losing streak. I mean, we've already had that losing streak. <laughs> I'll take a losing streak after all the news that's happened with Wander Franco and
1: McClanahan.
2: McCullough. Tommy on surgery, if you didn't know. Yep. That's the update.
1: All right, Buck fans. Again, Bucks fall to 0 and 1. Actually, it looked like on TV, it was, looked like it was a pretty decent crowd. Yeah. Normally week one again, probably a lot of Steeler fans. I know that they, they're a big draw. So, but uh looked like a pretty good turnout at Raymond James Stadium. Bucks will head to New York here this weekend to see the Jets. We're gonna get we'll get into that here at the end of the podcast. Their joint practices with the Jets these next Wednesday and Thursday. But let's get into uh the, the, the action on Saturday night. Baker Mayfield gets the start in week, in week one. Kyle Trask is going to start week two, according to Todd Bowles. Um, what would you think? Just give me a quick synopsis. What would you think of uh, Baker and Trask?
2: Well, I thought Baker outplayed him easily. I mean, eight for nine, 63 yards. Good drive there. Ten plays, 59 yards. Didn't start out so well, right? I mean, the imagination wasn't there. In fact, you thought Byron Leftwich was calling the plays again, Jason Powers, with the three straight runs, and then trying to go for fourth down, and you have a penalty by the rookie uh, on the right side there. So it didn't necessarily uh, work out uh, great at first. But then the Bucks settled down. I thought Baker played a lot better than Kyle Trask. Although to be fair, you know Trask wasn't necessarily put in the greatest situation with that right side, namely your guy right there who needs to play maybe <laughs> a little bit more pickleball, Luke. <laughs>
1: yeah get a key and mock didn't have the best of nights i think one of the reasons he you know canals if you remember that like you mentioned canals ran the three in a row there at the end that first drive i think he was trying to make a statement to see if those guys could could get a yard and they couldn't they didn't the, the pushover on the right side was not great in the first game again it's it's only the first game so we're not going to kill anybody here we're not going to make any big judgments but Week one, you want to see, you want, you want, definitely want to see some progression here in week two with Gedeki. He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't great. I mean, he was very average at best. Um, and and Mach, obviously, his first game, he jumps off sides. They try to go, they try to go quick on fourth down and he, he 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 can't hold his water. He flinches and they obviously have to punt after that. So, um and, tr- and trask i would say this about trask he forced one ball the one interception he threw wasn't a was a bad decision he admitted you know i don't think he played terrible he just one bad throw uh know, all that stuff and, and and give baker credit he played well and uh hopefully week two we see him maybe with the starters a little bit in the game but we'll see how that how the how the rotation goes what'd you think let's let's start the offensive line what do you think of the offensive line? Obviously we just talked about the right side. Do you think that's an issue potentially or do you think that's week 1 jitters maybe whatever? I Pittsburgh's think, got a good defense too now.
2: I mean, but you didn't have TJ Watt over there. I mean, that's the discouraging thing, right? You had Nick Herbig. Who who the heck is Nick Herbig? Who is that guy? I mean, I heard from analysts out there that he's following around <laughs> TJ Watt. He looked like TJ Watt out there. I mean, uh get key look like a, a swinging gate there i mean that was the walking turnstile what did donovan smith Did they switch bodies there at that it was just horrible i mean that right side of again you have uh mock like you said at the right guard spot and now there's so much uncertainty uh that's kind of clouding this team but ryan jensen he hasn't let's, had a practice let's yet. talk about that yes yeah, i mean that for me I was so Huge. encouraged and positive about this offensive line. They have all this depth. And now I'm not necessarily so sure about that. Jason powers
1: in Todd Bowles on Monday. I think he talked to the press on Monday following the game. Didn't sound very confident that Ryan Jensen would be ready by week one. And you could tell the tone in his voice. He hasn't practiced. It doesn't sound like he's practicing anytime soon. It didn't sound good for Ryan Jensen.
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, we talked about the Rays coming. I mean, what what pitcher is going to get hurt next on the rotation? Seems like every pitcher is hurt, and now with the Ryan Jensen situation, who knows when that's going to get cleared up? So, uh, you know, which means up. Robert, which
1: means Robert Haynes. He's probably the center. Yep. Or um, Nick Leverett. Or Nick Leverett, correct? What we What are your thoughts? And one, again, again, a guy we I forgot to mention last week that I thought I I didn't think about till I saw him in the game. Do you think there's a thought that maybe you maybe put a little more pressure on Mock and give Stinny a start at right guard?
2: I mean, why not? If he's not playing that well because he didn't necessarily have that, you know, he didn't create those holes. And I get it. People are saying, well, it's early. He's a rookie. But when you have third and one, you get stuffed on that right side and you have fourth and one and you get stuffed on consecutive right. uh, plays. That's not encouraging if you want to be a run team. So, yeah, I could definitely see – uh, Stenny starting there if the rookie uh, messes up and look if you're Todd Bowles and I get it It's early. It's one preseason game But if you're Todd Bowles and you're looking at this, you're like uh, am I gonna really go into the season with this line? Is this all gonna work out in our favor? Are you gonna have to keep another tight end on that side the chip to help out? Uh, on that right side uh, with you know, it seems like the inexperience, right? So
1: And remember, there's, I mean, again, there's time for the Bucs. You know, guys will get moved, cut, traded in training camp. So you never know if if Jensen's issue is the long-term and they think it's maybe season-long kind of deal, maybe they go trade for a center. Who knows? Uh, Maybe maybe we'll see. And, again, I would say this about the short-yardage stuff. I'd be pretty confident most of the short-yardage stuff in the regular season is going to the left side with Filer and Tristan Wirfs when it's third and fourth and one.
2: I think everybody was surprised too that they didn't play all their starters. I mean, isn't that what preseasons for? I get it. You have training camp, but and you don't want you want to avoid injuries because that's the number one priority. But I was kind of surprised that you didn't see Filer and Tristan Wurfs on that left side because you got to get them some reps. You got to get these guys some reps. So Evans has been there before. Goblin has been there before. But yep. this offensive line is being remade as we speak. So I would like to see those players play. And we'll see what happens on Saturday night. Do they get some time? You know, how does it affect them? You're, you're not going with the same offense that you had last year. It's a totally new offense. Yep. So you would think that you want to get some of these players, those uh, those reps.
1: Let's go to the offensive the skills players. To me, the shining star of the night Saturday night was Trey Palmer. I mean, just was dynamic, made a great toe tap in the back of the end zone on a nice high throw by – it wasn't a high throw. It was a perfect throw by Baker where you have to throw it. Palmer went up, made a catch, got his feet down. I liked what I saw out of Trey Palmer.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I asked T.J. Reeves on Saturday night on the post game or Friday night, excuse me, on the post game edition of the Sports Web, what was better, the ball placement, the catch, or the toe tap, toe drag swag by Palmer there in the end zone. So he definitely showed out. And I have no idea, tag team partner of the world, Jason Powers, how this man lasted that long in well, this NFL draft. He looks. Really good, has lots of potential, and the big-time question was not necessarily his speed because we talked about it in college football, three catches for over 70 yards at Nebraska, which is saying something because they've had their own quarterback problems there. All right. The biggest question was consistently, can he catch with his hands, and he did that on Friday night. So we'll see if he can continue that during this preseason and possibly make some contributions in the regular season.
1: It would not shock me. I'm just saying, it wouldn't shock me if he's the number three receiver. If he continues to progress the way Russell Gage has struggled to get on the field, stay healthy, it wouldn't shock me if Russell Gage is a guy that could potentially get traded. You know, you could maybe get a, a sixth round pick for a guy like him. Salary's not terrible for a needy uh, for maybe a playoff needy team. Um, I could see a scenario where Trey Trey Palm is your number three receiver, and maybe Devin Thompson is your number four guy.
2: It's certainly possible. Tompkins, everything that uh, comes in front of him, he catches. We heard that in training camp. He doesn't drop one pass. He didn't do that on Friday night. And if you do trade a Russell Gage, can you get a right tackle? Can you get a center in return no. for that? I, I, don't, I just don't think those guys are going on trees, but you're exactly right. If Gage cannot stay healthy, then both of those players, a Tompkins and a Palmer, will uh, you bear to watch. That's for sure. It will be uh, something to watch here coming up. In the next couple of weeks. All right, let's go to the
1: defense. You had, a, you had a three sack performance. Cam Gill, one and a half sacks, one of those. The quarterback fell down, but again, good solid pressure by Gill. He was a factor last year until he got hurt. I mean, he was kind of a he didn't play a lot, but he was a kind of a specialty player. He played a little bit. Just your thoughts overall. I didn't like that the Steelers went right down the field on the first drive, kind of pretty unabated without much, you know, with much resistance on the first drive.
2: Yeah, Zion McCollum didn't look good against uh, Deontay Johnson. Pickens. Uh, Pickens, excuse me, didn't look good against Pickens. We're still in preseason, too. Didn't look good uh, against him. And, of course, you know, Pickens said he's the best wide receiver in the league. Certainly looked like he was uh, the other night. And with that being said, uh, McCollum. Uh, you know, had a penalty, and then also he had an interception. So- nice
1: play on the interception. Give him credit. Right. Turned his head around, caught the ball. Which again, the Bucks are pro- are really professing turnovers, and give Zion credit. He caught the ball; it was a nice play he made. But you're right; he was a little little hesitant. He, he mentioned it in the post game on, on the slant route to Pickens and all that stuff. And again, we know Zion can play against the second stringers. Can he play against the the upper upper end? number one guys one and two guys
2: well that's it and uh yaya Diaby, i yep. love seeing this kid even though he kind of got banged up he was okay yeah he showed flashes of brilliance and i still think jason that he's going to take a lot of reps away from jts and nelson he's going to have an opportunity yeah uh, to supplant uh jts if jts doesn't live up uh, you know, to his potential of finishing place, he's got everything, and that would be Diaby. And once again, I don't know how he lasted to the third round because uh, he is a physical specimen. He's a man among boys.
1: Let's give the Bucks personnel department a little credit for finding Palmer, finding uh, you know Diaby. Another Absolutely. guy it sounds like he's going to is is number one in the rotation right now at nickel. Is this Christian Izian kid from Rutgers, undrafted free agent? I mean, so again. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that we're starting to nickel undrafted free agent, but give the personnel department credit for finding guys that they that it looks like can make a contribution.
2: Yeah, and what you hear is he looks a lot like Antoine Winfield Jr. If he's anything like Antoine Winfield Jr., then the Bucks definitely got a steal. And then on top of that, Sean Tucker showed flashes of brilliance. And I don't okay. know what the refs were looking at. They probably missed their daily appointment at LensCrafters. Hey,
1: hey, 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 hey. Yeah,
2: sorry, you could have did a better job there, Jason Powers of uh refereeing the other night. That was not a hold. Tucker showed lots of explosive nature to his game and I feel like uh you know, there could be some potential there where maybe he gets some carries during the season if Rashard White gets hurt, knock on wood, or uh, I could see they're coming there for Chase Edmonds if Edmonds doesn't uh, produce right away. I think
1: Keyshawn Vaughn's gonna have a tough time making this roster. I agree. I think Chase Edmonds showed some burst. Yep. I think they like Tucker. You've heard him mention Tucker's name a few times. I could see. I, I could see Keyshawn Vaughn being a casualty.
2: Yeah, I could see it too. And as crazy as that sounds, he's a third round pick, but he's shown nothing. And maybe he hasn't necessarily gotten the opportunities, but every time he does get some type of opportunity, what does he do? He does nothing. So,
1: is he your new victim of volume? Is he your new victim of volume?
2: No, I, he's not. definitely not my victim of volume because he showed me nothing. <laughs> I mean, at least Rojo showed flashes of brilliance where he was nearly at 1,000 yards. This kid has shown nothing. What do you What's his claim to fame? One touchdown from Tom Brady in the San yeah. Diego game? Right. Uh, 2020? I mean, I think that's about it. And then getting his head knocked off uh, against Chicago on Thursday night football. I'm fumbling the ball. <laughs> I remember it all. I remember all that stuff. So, I mean, really, has he shown anything? As As a speaking, pick. no i
1: agree I th- again i think he's in trouble and again the bucks the bucks would probably save a couple hundred thousand bucks in salary cap room because i'm sure he, the, the undrafted rookie is going to make less than a fourth year draft pick so again it's you know it's a situation where you know i, I Keyshawn needs to show something these next two weeks or he might have a he might have a problem making this buccaneer team
2: yeah i mean is he going to play special teams is he going to be no. like uh, giovanni bernard last year on the fake no. punt no I don't think so. Don't, yeah. Hopefully you don't run a fake punt like they did yeah. last
1: year. Please. Okay. All right. Buccaneers head to week two, heading to New York Saturday night in MetLife. Uh, you're probably not going to see Aaron Rodgers. You are going to see Kyle Trask start. We will be. We don't know yet what the Bucs playing situation, who's going to play, who's not. But what we do know, Wednesday, Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, the practices may have already happened, you are going to see the Bucs ones against the Jets ones in these practices.
2: Yeah, and, just one and, practice, though.
1: It is yeah. only one? I thought it was two.
2: No, it's only one. They changed it up.
1: Oh, I didn't see. Okay. You know,
2: probably Aaron Rodgers is calling the shots. He wants to go out to the dark room there. Darkness is my friend. Uh, he, he definitely probably wanted to do that. That's the, probably the reason why they only have one practice.
1: So I definitely think you're going to see the ones on ones in these practices a lot. So oh, yeah. it'll be it'll be a good litmus test to see Evans and Godwin versus a Sauce Gardner, Get a key against that front four. I mean the Jets got a very formidable the Bucks O-line versus that Jets defensive line will be good. I want to see Trask throw the ball against the Jets Second, again. Jets are going to be a top 5 defense in in most accounts. So again it be a very good litmus test for the quarterbacks. I want to see the ones and Mayfield and Trask how they do.
2: And then also the defense versus this offense. Yeah. They have pass rushers, so and this defense is going to be counted on a lot. That's the reason why you get Aaron Rodgers. They also signed Dalvin yep. Cook yep. this week. I don't see him making an impact in practice. I think they're they're going to go slow with him. Uh, you know, yep. make him wait a little bit until uh, the regular season. Uh, but they're trying to get better, and they depend a lot on their defense. So it's not only going to be a challenge with the Bucks defense versus Aaron Rodgers, who most likely yes play during these joint yes practices, yes but also the defense versus this offensive line which i have major question marks we'll about. see They're my biggest question coming into the season now they really are scary.
1: no we talked about it we thought the O line was going to be if they can if they can you know become give me last thing we'll get we'll get out of here what'd you think just in general again i know it's only week one and it's pretty vanilla i'm sure what'd you think of the of dave Canales calling plays
2: I mean I liked it. I liked the quarterback waggles. I like the pass play action. Of course, I don't think he's gonna show everything and they shouldn't show everything. No. You don't wanna give anything away. You wanna be ready for week one versus Minnesota. So uh there's some good things there. Of course, you know, I didn't understand the first three calls, but like you said, they were trying to make a statement. Statement wasn't answered. We'll see how it works out the next game versus the New York Jets on Saturday night.
1: What'd you think of the kicking situation? Like McLaughlin, you know, they interviewed McLaughlin this week with the press. Um, what'd you think?
2: Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, how many kicks you get in those game time situations? I mean, who do you think it favors? You're the kicker guy. Yeah, you're,
1: you're I would say, Mc, I mean, again, it's, 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 it's probably, a, it's probably 60, 40 McLaughlin, what I would guess going into this, but again, who knows? And this may be a situation. I don't know. They won't keep them both, but I mean, I would guess McLaughlin gets the first shot would be my guess, unless. He's str- unless, again, unless we're not hearing stuff in practice again, I'm, they're, they're charting every kick in practice. You can be assured. So again, I don't, we, we've not heard any, anything disparaging about either guy. I think if it's even, they would go with McLaughlin because he's, he's got a little more of a history. Um, He's, he's done it a little bit better. And obviously he got the first shot last week. So uh, we're interested to see w- w- how that unfolds here these next couple of weeks.
2: And I would say it could be hot Rob because he has the most potential he's coming off an injury. He's got a pretty good leg, like McLaughlin, but I think he could kick a little bit longer than him. Okay. Um, so they may take their chance and go with him. And, and that – I don't know where the decision lies. You've got to get a guy that's going to be able to kick beyond 50 uh, yards. That's the reason why – you- Yeah,
1: it is, but you want the guy that can – you want the – you, yeah, and I heard McLaughlin talk about his range was probably, you know, different days depending on what the wind was doing. 50 between 55 and 60, they were both kicking balls. That I mean again, I want to I want the guy that from fifty and in is gonna be eighty-five percent. That's what we really I mean, yeah, if you make a fifty-five yarder, great, mm-hmm. but you gotta have the guy that's consistently making the forty to fifty yarders eighty five percent of the time in that well,
2: I agree, but I think that's the reason why you get rid of Ryan Sucker in the first place yeah. because there's no problem with him kicking inside the 40. It was you yes. know, outside, it was the 50 yards. So right. in your opinion, who wins out the kicking job? Is it McLaughlin or is it Hot Rod?
1: Today, I would say McLaughlin. Again, we don't, we'll don't. we see what happens in the next two games, okay. how, how they're going to rotate the kicks and all that stuff. But I would say I would guess McLaughlin has the edge because one, we heard McLaughlin talk to the media, and we didn't hear Hot Rod talk to the media, so that maybe tells you he's in the lead to some degree. Uh, but we'll see. I think it'll be a pretty, pretty good race, and if they kept either guy, it wouldn't. Again, they're going to keep a cheap guy. They're not going to pay a lot at that position, so that's no. another part of the deal is salary cap wise. They're going to pay. They're going to pay a guy minimal money at that position this year. Sounds good. All right, Buccaneer fans, week two, WFLA in the Tampa Bay area, NBC. Check out the Buccaneer Radio Network and our guy TJ Reeves along with Gene and Dave Moore on the uh, Buccaneer 98 Rock here in the Tampa Bay area. And then you can go to the Bucks app, uh, the Buc- Buccaneer.com, to, to listen to the to the uh, the broadcast online. If you don't have a Bucks affiliate in your town, go to the Buccaneer app. Here are our guy TJ, Gene, and Dave Moore. And uh, Peter Blake, What what? give me a – are you – what do you what do you what do you want to see? I mean, do you think it's going to matter if Kyle Trask has a good week this week, or do you think it's already decided?
2: No, I think it's already decided. You know, I go with my guy, Ira Coffin, who we had on the Sports Web a couple of weeks ago. He put out a report saying he was told by somebody in that organization that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter day one okay. in Minnesota. I agree. I think he's shown more in practice, even though the interceptions. For me, I think he's taking more chances. We don't know you know, schematically what they're asking him to do, and then on top of it, the biggest thing for me, he has the experience that Kyle Trask does not. Trask may have all the potential, but he's only thrown the ball nine times in his NFL career. It's basically like having a rookie quarterback and a new system. To me, that's not a good recipe for success. That's why I go with Baker Mayfield. He's been able to run that offense. He'll have the experience. I think he has the leg up. I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield, no matter if Kyle Trask, plays well versus the Jets or not. Are
1: you a little surprised that the Buccaneers agreed to go to go practice with the Jets where Bowles used to be the head coach?
2: No, I don't think it's I think it's a good test. And even he talked about it. You know, it's all about situational football. What I'm surprised by is how the Jets are trying to screw with the Bucks head by only having one practice instead of two, like they said. I don't like that. That's what the Jets do. You know, that's how they're, they're trying to run this and, and look at it. And I get it. They got the attitude. They can do that right now. But, you know, they have to understand that they're a garbage organization and franchise <laughs> and they have done anything since Joe Namath has started quarterback there. And, and maybe some years there with uh, the butt fumble himself, Mark Sanchez. That's been about it. Just because Jeez. you got Aaron Rodgers doesn't make you a great franchise all of a sudden. So, you know, stop screwing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their head. Stop doing that.
1: All right, I want to give a shout-out to Paul Stewart, part of BuckPower.com, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. Go to BuckPower.com for all your Bucks video, audio, statistical data. Paul is doing his countdown of 1 to 100 top Buccaneers of all time. I think he's in the low 30s now. I think he's doing one a day until, the, until he gets to number one. So I saw Doug Martin in the mid-30s, which kind of surprised me a little bit. But – uh
2: Big time surprises. And you know what Jets, by the way, means, right? To every Jets fan out there. Jets, Jets, Jets.
1: What does that mean?
2: Just end the season.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Some hate coming out of Peter Blake to the New York Jets fans.
2: Right. There you go. How about that? Whatever his name is. Fireman Fred? Or Fireman what? Ed.
1: Ed. Fireman Ed. Fireman Ed. Okay. Fireman Ed. All right, Buck fans, appreciate you finding us again. If you haven't already done so, hit subscribe on that podcast platform. Be part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. This podcast will be every week in the regular season, and apparently we'll have another episode for you next week after week two, leading 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 into week three. So, yes, we will be here every week for you all the way through the end of the regular season and uh find us peter blake and i peter tell everybody where they can find all your other work that you're doing not here being that your contract was renewed by the uh by the uh the podcast people here for another year
2: we got to give them you know what they want we got to give them the great content and of course tune into the evolution of sports talk television it's the sports web live on facebook and youtube like and subscribe of course look for i love st pete the hub amped up sports and now bucks life three things bring your passion bring your excitement just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, your Rolex reporter. What time is it? It's my time. And for Bucks fans out there, it's your time.
1: There you go. Powers on Sports Podcast for me, Florida Football Insiders. If you like college football, we're talking all things Florida uh, College, all the state of Florida college football. They'll be coming out here at the end of August. Got some great guests for you. Got Florida's, uh, Florida and Florida State's play-by-play voices. We'll be part of the first episode. We'll be doing pre- yeah, baby. That's it.
2: Big time. That's, big time. That's it. Powers. Super Sean football. Kelly
1: and Jeff Colhane. We're going to be talking some USF football, some Miami football, the big all the programs state of Florida again, powers on sports podcast. And again, this, this great podcast we do. Thanks again, Paul Stewart, who we've just found out is coming to Tampa for the Tennessee game in November.
2: Whoa, wings, wings. on.
1: That's right. We'll try not to make, we're not going to make him pay for the wings, but he will be in town for the Tennessee game. (laughs) Peter Blake will have a short wall. His he'll, he'll have a short, uh, a short handshake because he wants to stay as far away from the check as he can. So,
2: <laughs> it's all that time I spend
1: out a Tampa with you. That's the problem. Jesus, man. Come on. Alligator arms, man. You are the king of the alligator arms. Oh, yeah, call me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Buck fans, see you next week on the No Corner Given podcast. Let's go, Bucks. Here we go.
0: Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.